0: Good morning. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just wanted to tell you about a time when I was about nine years old, ten years old, something like that. Concert came through my town. I don't know if you're familiar with Up With People, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. I kind of tried to block this out of my memory, but um, (laughs) um, (laughs) it was a little overwhelming. As a little 10-year-old, I was sitting right on the center aisle. The concert starts. People are flooding through the side doors on the stage from the back of the room. They're dancing through the aisles. They're grabbing people, picking them up. Danny, come on, let's sing and dance in this opening number. And sure enough, before I know it, here's a lady reaching for my hand. And I remember looking at my family going, please save me. I think they thought it would be cute, so here I go and I'm dancing around the aisles, or at least trying to dance enough to look like I'm participating, but not too much so I don't look cool, you know, and stuff like that, because why would I ever want to be on stage in my life and things like that, but yeah, anyway, Um, (laughs) but here is this opportunity where I just wanted to stay put. I wanted to just observe, take it all in. I did not want to participate one bit. That was not my idea of a good time that day. I did not want to just jump in and go with it. And so here was this overwhelming experience for a little kid. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is that God wants us to jump in. He doesn't want us to just sit there and take it all in. He wants us to contribute. He wants us to participate. And so we're going to be in Psalm chapter 92. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you want to turn on your uh, smartphone, pull up your app, um, we're going to be in Psalm 92. And we're going to be looking at the last couple of verses of that chapter, verses 12 through 14. Psalm 92 says this, that the godly will flourish like a palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green. See, the psalmist in the couple of verses right before this we're talking about the experience of the wicked. That they grow up like weeds real quick. They flourish, but yet they are destroyed for all time. And then he contrasts that by saying, but the righteous, the godly, will be like they are planted in the house of the Lord. They're going to be planted and they're going to be like trees, like a palm tree, like a cedar tree. They're going to grow up. They're going to flourish. I mean, when was the last time you used the word flourish, right? Larry, how are you doing today? Oh man, I'm, I'm flourishing today, right? We've not, we don't use that language very often, do we? Basically the word flourish means to develop, to grow healthy in a vigorous way, especially when it's the result Of a favorable environment. That when we're put in a favorable environment, we grow. We find vigor. We find health. And so for us, that means spiritually, when we're planted in the house of the Lord, that that spiritually we're growing. We're finding strength. We're finding faithfulness. We're finding fruitfulness in our lives. We begin to thrive and prosper. We're connected to others. We find fulfillment. We find purpose when we're planted in the house of the Lord. But on the other side of that, if we're not planted, we just end up feeling dry and maybe spiritually lost or confused. And relationally, we feel disconnected, alone, isolated. Maybe financially, we just feel stressed out and, and there's just uh, no hope for tomorrow. We feel, and feel fulfilled. We feel without purpose. And so being planted in God's house means that we will flourish. And the psalmist uses two trees as an example. The first is the palm tree. The palm tree is known for its unique ability to thrive in places where other plants don't do well. I mean, if you think about where you see palm trees, some are lush gardens, sure, but other places, the palm tree is the one thriving plant. And the palm tree represents victory and triumph that in the old days of Roman Olympics, when the Olympics were first started, what was the winner of the race given? A palm branch, a sign of victory, a sign of triumph. And even for Jesus, on the week before he was crucified, he entered Jerusalem on a donkey on a day that we call what? Palm Sunday. Because they were laying palm branches in the roadway for the coming victorious king, the triumphal entry. Palm trees are a symbol of victory and triumph. And then the psalmist mentions the cedar tree. A beautiful tree that is known for its fragrant aromas and its beauty. It's known for durability and stability, that it's useful for construction, for holding up the beams of a house. The cedar tree was known for its stability. And the interesting thing about both of these trees is that they're evergreens, they never lose their leaves. Their leaves stay green throughout the year, they produce fruit. And they produce throughout the year. They thrive, just like it says there in Psalm 92 that they will remain fruitful and thrive even in their old age. And so the psalmist is trying to help us to understand that our life is like a seed, that our life is a seed that we plant, that we invest. And when we do that, we have the potential to grow, the potential to multiply and thrive. And today we've got a little oak tree. It's a little oak tree that was given to us. This is a tiny little baby tree. And so when a seed is planted in soil, it has the opportunity to grow and thrive and be fruitful in its life. But if that seed is never planted, it's left dormant, it's left barren, it never has a chance to grow. It never has a chance to live into its potential. In Matthew 13, just as Larry and Jane read for us earlier, the parable of the sower we hear about four different types of soil that the seed falls upon one is the hard soil that comes along and the birds come along and eat it never really has a chance to even take root another soil is shallow and so it never even has a chance to really build deep roots it can't thrive it can't find nourishment because its roots are so small and then there's the soil that that is full of weeds and so the seed that lands there gets choked out it never has a chance to grow and thrive But then there's the seed that lands on fertile soil and it grows and it produces a harvest that's 30 and 60 and even 100 times more. And so when we are planted, when our lives, when we find ourselves in the fertile soil of God's word, we are able to experience God's life-changing presence. And that sets us on a course to thrive and to grow that we're able to find strength, we're able to, to grow, to connect to others. We may not find our lives to be perfect, but we certainly find our lives blessed. We find patience to deal with the day. We find rich connections. We learn that God's word makes a difference in our lives and we have the opportunity to make the difference in other people's lives. We find fulfillment, joy, purpose. We flourish. We flourish when we are planted In the house of the Lord. There's two things that give us evidence of our lives being planted in the house of the Lord. The first is that our roots grow deep. We're going to jump over to Jeremiah chapter 17, where Jeremiah uses some very similar language to what we hear in Psalm 92. Jeremiah 17 verse 8 says that they are like trees planted along a river bank. With roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So Jeremiah continues this this picture of a tree that is next to a water source. Its roots go deep and is able to draw nourishment for life and thriving. You know, a few years ago, uh, in 2017, Michael, our oldest son, graduated high school And we let him pick family vacation that summer. He chose San Francisco. So we got to go um, out to the West Coast and see downtown, Chinatown, Alcatraz. It was really cool. But one of my favorite parts of the journey was that we went out to the redwood forest in Sonoma County. Do you know that the redwood trees can grow over 380 feet tall? Almost 400 feet tall. For a tree, one, the base of one tree can be as much as 24 feet wide, enough to tunnel and drive a car through. 24 feet wide. And one tree can weigh over a, one and a half million pounds alone. And trees are known to have lived over 2,000 years. Some of the oldest trees are over 2,000 years old in the redwood forest. And to bring that a little bit closer to home, think about Monument Circle. The Soldiers and Sailors Monument there in the circle. The monument stands 284 feet tall. 100 feet shorter than the tallest redwoods. 100 feet shorter. And if you see that decoration of bronze around kind of the middle about eh, almost halfway up. That part of the, of the monument is about 24 feet wide, that of a redwood tree. And so another 100 feet tall. In fact, I didn't check every building, but there's about only three buildings in downtown Indy that would be taller than the tallest redwoods, 30 stories high. And what's even more incredible about the redwoods is what we can't see if you look at the picture of the circle, you see where it, the circle extends out to the ponds and the grass, almost to where the road is at. The root network of a single redwood tree can grow beyond a hundred feet from its trunk. And so that would be about that circle. And yet the tree would stand a hundred feet taller than the monument. And so if this beam over here on the side of the sanctuary was the tree, the roots, I think this wall, I think the sanctuary is about 80 feet wide. So the roots would start at that tree and extend another 20 feet plus beyond this wall. And then the same out into the parking lot, clear to the garage. The redwood roots grow out for stability, grow out for um, nourishment. And they begin to intertwine with other redwoods. The root systems grow together. New trees are birthed out of that root system. And it's even known that if a redwood is to topple, is to be uprooted and fall over, because the roots are still connected to other redwoods, redwoods have been known to continue to survive and live, even though they have fallen over. And so just like in Jeremiah 17, verse 8, it says that such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. So, no matter when the heat, the wind, the waves of this life, the flood, the drought, the fires, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken because our roots go deep as we disciple ourselves in God's love. We will not be destroyed because God's love is stronger. And here at New Hope, we have a ton of root building opportunities. Whether that's uh, something like our classes on Sunday morning, our hope groups, our ministry teams, we have a ton of opportunities throughout the week to not just grow deep in God's word and disciple and let our roots grow deep, but also to connect with others, to let our roots intertwine with the roots of others, and we grow in community together. And we have a ton of opportunities for that here at New Hope. The second evidence of being rooted in the house of the Lord is that our roots produce fruit. Our roots produce fruit. The last statement there in Jeremiah 17, 8 says that the leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The psalmist said that even into our old age, we produce fruit. Wouldn't that be great? Even to our last days, to be able to say, I am still living a vibrant and fruitful life. That because our roots go deep, because we are rooted in God's house and because we are connected to other believers, our lives will produce fruit. The New Testament gives us a great list in Galatians chapter five. Maybe you've memorized this this verse before. But in Galatians five, verses 22 and 23, it says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. What wonderful things to have flowing from our lives because our lives are rooted and planted in the house of the Lord. And the question is, is our fruit really for us? I mean, I love, joy, peace, patience. I'm glad I have those things in my life, but does my life produce fruit for myself? Does my life produce fruit for my church family for my family my my immediate family or does our fruit are we producing fruit for those who do not know Jesus yet that maybe our fruit isn't just for ourselves and those closest to us because love overflows joy spreads peace is attractive patience surprises kindness blesses goodness overcomes, faithfulness strengthens, gentleness leads, and self-control produces integrity. You see, the fruit of our lives is the banner for which we go forth from this place into the world that we gather here in the church to deepen our roots. We gather as as a spiritual family to deepen our roots, but then we go into the world to share our fruit. You know, we have a ton of opportunities here at New Hope for that as well. We have ministries like at Winterbrook or uh, through Kairos or Life Centers, uh, the Impact Center. We have an external ministries team that works with missionaries around the world. One of them sitting right over here from Nicaragua. Hi, Andrea. We have opportunities to take our fruit around the world as the church. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be diving into these two things just a little bit more of what does it mean to be the church in our world, in our community, to take our fruit and share that with others? And what does it look like to, um, to, to serve in the church, to help deepen our roots and, and build into the next generations? Because both are absolutely necessary. You can't have the roots and no fruit and vice versa because what is a tree that has an amazing root system but never bears fruit? It's a one-shot wonder, isn't it? That without fruit, there's no seeds. Without seeds, there's no reproduction. And it becomes the last of its line. But what if a tree were to have amazing, beautiful fruit, but no root system? It's impossible. Because without roots, there's no sustenance, there's no growth, growth, there's no vitality. They would never be able to produce fruit. And so both are absolutely necessary in our lives to be planted in the house of the Lord, to grow our roots deep, to connect those with other roots and to share our fruit with the world. See, the word in the New Testament for church is ecclesia. It talks about us being a gathering of those who are called out. And when we're called out, that doesn't mean that we're called out of the world and we huddle up and we just stay in our own little world. No, the ecclesia also means that we are sent out. So we're gathered together and we're sent out. We're gathered and scattered so that we can make a difference not just in our own lives but in the lives of our community, in the lives of our world. See, church is not like a spiritual ATM where we come on Sunday and we draw out just enough Jesus to make it through the week. We're not here just to soak up a little bit more of Jesus and, and just try and make it through. Check that box and move on to the next week, to the next time. We've even heard language around the church, and you've probably heard it as well, that, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're just going to go check out another church because I don't feel like I'm being fed here. Where is our roots? Where have our roots grown? And where are we planting our lives just a couple of heart checks for us this morning. Do we spend more money on coffee or Diet Coke than we do on the mission of Jesus? Do we spend more time in social media than we do in God's word each day? We're serving our community, serving our church. So here is the plea today. Here is what we are getting, uh, trying to get across this morning. Stop going To church. Stop it. Stop going to church. Be the church. You see, God's highest calling for us was never to go to church. His calling for us is to live like Christ. Now, sure, going to church is a small part of that. It's one hour out of 168 hours in our week. Going to church is a part of that. It's important. Absolutely. But going to church is not the same as being planted in the house of the Lord. It would be easy to picture this building as the house. This is the house of the Lord. And when I come, I'm, I'm, I'm planting myself in God's word, right? But the church is not a place that we go. It's not a destination. It's not a building. The church is the people. We are the church. You are the church. And so going to church isn't the same as being planted in the house of the Lord. The church isn't just part of our lives. We've used the language a lot of, hey, what are you going to be doing this weekend? Well, I think I'm going to go to church, and then I'm going to go to lunch, and then I'm going to go out to the park with the kids, and then I'm going to go over to grandma's house. And church is, we've used the language of it just being an event. Something in our lives that we can just show up to and then move on to the next event. But we need to be the church, not just go to church. See, the church is not an organization that we commit to. It's not a club. It's not something that, like some of my kids' activities, when they were growing up, we ended up with um, forced volunteerism. Did y'all ever <laughs> experience that? If you don't volunteer for this tournament, well, you're going to have to pay an extra $250 so we can hire people to, you know, take care of your volunteer spot. I never saw them hire people. But I'm just saying, that is not the church. This is not an organization that you commit to and go, well, if I can find the time, yeah, I'm going to serve. No, this is an organism. Just like the Redwood Forest, we're an organism of people who invest and plant our lives. And there's evidence of us being planted in the house of the Lord That our roots will grow deep. We'll connect with others. We will share our fruit to the world. You see, there's an expectation of being a part of New Hope. Of being a part of this local expression of the church. That we are not going to be consumers of Jesus. We would just come and check off the box and get enough Jesus and make it on to the next day. Because we could do that. We could come and experience God's love in a moment and and walk away and we would lose our joy. We would lose our strength. We'd lose our vitality because our roots are not growing deep and we're not learning to share our fruit with the world. So there is an expectation that as we root ourselves in the house of the Lord, as we say, this is our church, this is our new hope. I want to be the church with these wonderful people in this room. There's an expectation. And if that expectation isn't for you, if you're thinking, ah, that's not what I am signing up for, well, it might be a little uncomfortable sticking around here at New Hope because we are about contributing to the kingdom. We are about planting our lives in the house of the Lord, growing our roots deep, connecting our roots with others, and sharing our fruit with one another. So stop going to church, but instead, let's be the church together. See, our life is like a seed. Seeds need soil. That soil is our hearts, that God's word, God's gospel, works its way into our lives, and our hearts are the fertile soil for God's word to grow. And our life is a seed. It needs light. Psalm 119 says that God's word is a lamp. It's a light unto our path. A seed needs water. Jesus is the living water in John chapter four. A seed needs warmth to sprout and grow. And the Holy Spirit is the one who fans the flame of the gospel in our lives, who helps that fruit grow in us. And a tree needs time. A seed needs time to become a tree. So when is the best time to plant a tree? Anybody know? 20 years ago. That's right. It is going to be a long time until this shades my back porch, isn't it? The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Today is tomorrow's yesterday. So it's never too late to get started. We need to plant our lives in the house of the Lord as we learn to love God love others and go like Jesus did in his life but you don't have to just hear it from me we talked to Michael Amspa this week um, by video and an interview for you so I want you to hear about Michael's experience as he has learned to root himself in the house of the Lord well, hey, New Hope. Welcome. Uh, we're here with Michael Amspa. Uh, Michael has uh, been here at New Hope for about eight years, uh, you and your wife, Brianna, and um, uh, got a couple of kiddos down in the Kid Men ministry, Adeline and Oliver, right? And uh, yeah, we uh, just wanted to chat a little bit about uh, Michael's journey in church and just kind of how it ties into this morning and, and the message we're talking about. So Michael, tell us a little bit. I know you grew up in Ohio and um, um, had some church experience as a kiddo, but uh, how, tell us a little bit about that and the background that you have with church.
1: Yeah, so um, so in Ohio, very rural area that I grew up in, um, I graduated with 54 kids in my high school class. Um, the, the church I attended was a, a very small Lutheran church, um, very... Um, pretty ritual by the book sort of thing. Um, And I attended there until it was very young, only until about like eight or nine. And granted back at that time, I just didn't get it. So because I didn't get it when we stopped going to church, I really didn't have a drive to go back because that early on, I just, you know, didn't really understand. So, um, so yeah, you know, after that, you know, went through junior high, high school, college, never attended church until, you know, after college I met you know, well met Brianna in college, but started attending church seriously after college um, through her.
0: Okay, and so after that time frame, you guys moved over this way, um, and you kind of visited around.
1: How did you? How did you end up at New Hope? Um, I believe, if I recall correctly, um, Brianna's uh, Brianna was invited into a Hope group, even though we weren't quite attending New Hope consistently yet. Um, so she was invited into Hope Group and then she attended that for a little bit and then she got me to go to Hope Group. Um, I mean, that first time was pretty intimidating just because I didn't know any of these people. I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, I'm still very new to just attending church and just trying to get back into faith. Um, and, um, it was very intimidating going and then, you know, I went there and the greatest people, um people that are still great friends right now. I still attend the same hope group. Um, so um, so yeah, and then we just started attending New Hope from there and um, yeah, it's been great. Okay. And so in part of your journey is that
0: you didn't just, you really didn't just attend church, but you guys started jumping in deeper and deeper along the years, whether that was a hope group. Um, later on, I know you guys participated in what the financial peace classes, even led some of those classes. Um, now you're jumping into the uncommons, um, you know, the leadership there and outreach into the community. How has, you know, not just attending church, but how has jumping deeper into this community of faith affected you in as, as Michael, as you know, whether it's not just your spiritual health, but your physical, your emotional, your, you know, just all of you, how, how has that affected your journey along the way?
1: Yeah. Um... It's affected me, yeah, a lot. Um, you know, when I when I first started attending church, and I feel like it's it's probably pretty common for for relatively new Christians was was very much kind of checking off the box right away, um, that Sunday box, just attending church, trying to get acquainted with it, trying to get comfortable again. Um, it really has just made me realize that there's um there's more to your faith journey than just sunday and by expanding in that it's you know helped me build better relationships with people and um you know it's helped me just you know mentally you know i'm a very anxious person and you know any sort of interactions that i have with other people it helps me you know be more positive in my own mentality and things like that so Um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, getting more involved has brought joy to myself, has brought, you know, joy to others and can, you know, help advance the kingdom. So
0: if somebody's sitting around listening to this this morning or tonight or afternoon, whenever you're watching this, um, if they're, if they're listening to what your journey has been like thinking, you know, I, I need to take those extra steps as well. Um, I need to, you know, I feel like God's been tugging on my heart to do more than like you just said, check off that Sunday box. Um, what would you say to them? How would, how would you encourage them to take that next step?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, at some point you just kind of got to jump in, um, and just try to get involved. I, I was very much that person who, um, who was just comfortable going on Sundays, you know, for the longest time. Um, that's just kind of how I was, you know, I, um, it's easy to fall into that sort of a routine, but, um, when you do that, you don't grow personally as much. And, um, you know, you don't really help others as much. And it's kind of what it's all about is getting out to others and building solid relationships um, with others. And you can't grow the church inside the building, you know, so um, it's all about getting involved and kind of taking it outside of the church and building those relationships. And and yeah, it can help yourself as well. So
0: That's cool. Well, this is Michael Amspa. And uh thanks for listening in. Michael, thanks for sharing part of your journey and I uh, look forward to uh journeying down the uncommons with you as well. That's yeah. uh some really cool stuff that we're that we're dreaming about and praying about. So thanks, man. Yeah, no appreciate problem. it. You guys have a good day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast.